You're listening to the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast, brought to you by the North Carolina Blogger Network. Find us online at ncbloggernetwork.com. Happy Wednesday, bloggers, vloggers, podcasters, and beyond. Thank you so much for tuning in with us here at the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast. We're happy to have you with us. This is our first podcast after the new year. We are glad to be back. And today, in just a little while, we're going to be sharing an archive from the Blogging 411 podcast uh, that we used to do on Wednesdays on Google+. So we hope you'll stay tuned for that. I promise you it's going to be a great episode. But before we dive into all of that, we want to hear from you. I would love to know what topics you would like for us to cover in 2018 and what guests or which guests you would like to hear us interview or bring on the show. They could be people from Anchor who cover topics about blogging and vlogging and podcasting, or perhaps you know an expert or two that you would love to chat with and and talk to right here on Anchor. So definitely call in, let us know who you'd love to hear on the show and what topics you would love for us to cover. We've got a great lineup this year. We're going to have a couple of experts on. We're going to spotlight some of our North Carolina bloggers. If you have been following along with our website, you know that we normally do a blogger spotlight once a week. Well, we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and also bring our bloggers who are being spotlighted on the show to one, introduce them to Anchor and you, but also give you an opportunity to call in and ask them questions that, you know, may fall in their area of expertise. So definitely stay tuned. It's going to be a great year and call in. Don't be shy. We love to hear from you. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be back a little later on with another episode from our Blogging 411 podcast. Ciao for now. As promised, I'm going to be sharing our Blogging 411 episode archive titled, Congratulations, You Started a Blog. So you started a blog, now what's next? We're going to cover that and so much more in this episode of Eat Sleep Blog Repeat, bringing one back from the archives for those of you who are just now tuning in. Listen up, it's up next. Good evening, everyone. I am Nicole Murphy with momcomplicated.com and welcome to Blogging 411, where we talk for 30 minutes every Wednesday about blogging as a content marketer as well as blogging for an income. I'm extremely lucky to be able to co-host with the fabulous Allison Carter. Hi, everybody. And the amazing Randy Brown. Good evening. <laughs> if you guys wouldn't mind just doing a really quick intro, and then I'll follow you up. Allison, why don't you go first? 
Yeah, absolutely. First of all, everybody, I had some minor technical problems this evening, but we think we got it resolved. If I disappear, don't worry. I'm okay. Don't send help. Everything's fine. <laughs> My name is Allison. I started out blogging about four or five years ago, created a blog, sold it. Now I do content marketing for companies, um, and my URL is Allison B. Carter, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-B as in boy, Carter.com. Awesome. Randy, if you don't mind. Yep, I'm Randy. I own iHelpers.net. Um, I own several websites that are rather large. Um, I'm more of a webmaster than a blogger. Uh, when I say large, they get a lot of traffic and uh, generate substantial income. Uh, so I'm, I also have a blog, but like I said, I'm not much of a blogger. And uh, I like to uh, try to help new bloggers and new webmasters uh, get up and running and learn how to do all those things that seem so difficult. Again, as I said, my name is Nicole Murphy. I'm with MomComplicated.com. I come from a long history of event planning um, and restaurant management, and then I moved that over to broadcasting events through social media with my former company, Talking Moose Media, um, and now I am transitioning into being a um, stay-at-home mom that blogs and homeschools. So we are doing everything from MomComplicated.com, and I just wanted to point out that Randy is not... Um, giving himself enough credit. He has brought in um, a ton of money. Isn't it like like, like almost half a million, like a ton, a ton of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. He does blog often. He gives great advice. So don't let him um, be shy. He's an excellent, excellent resource, and that is why we've chosen him. And I love Allison dearly, but since we're girls, we like to talk, and we don't mind introducing ourselves. So let's jump into the <laughs> into the topic tonight, and um, we're just starting from the very beginning. So if you have just started a blog, that's congratulations. You picked your URL. You figured out who you're going to host with. You might even have an idea of what you are going to talk about, but now what? So it, it might seem like you got knocked a lot of things off your to-do list, but I hate to tell you, you're just beginning. <laughs> so the first thing that we want to talk about is... We've heard, um, you know, do you launch your blog? Like, how do you really start this whole process? When you, you know, when you st when you have a brick and mortar store, you have a grand opening, and you know, you have these coming soon signs that you put on the windows. But what do you do when you have a website or a blog? Allison, how did you just launch your um, new website? Well, for each blog and or website that I've launched, it's really been determinant on what the goal is and what the services are that are provided. For my creative writing website, my Go Dance Girl Mom, where my freelance parenting writing and creative writing is based, that actually needed a lot of content on it, I felt, to keep people coming back and returning because all it was was my creative writing. I felt at that point with one post, if people were to come to the blog and I had one post, it might not have been enough reason for them to stick around or return visit to me. However, with my content marketing and social media strategy, that really is about the services that I can provide to businesses. The blog is the icing on the cake to make people understand that I'm an industry leader and that I know what I'm talking about most of the time-ish. So I, it really, for me, was determinant upon the pro project that I was doing. And Randy, what is your opinion on the quote-unquote launch? Like, how do you start your websites? Yeah, I've never launched a website. I've talked to people and worked with people that that 
you know, they, they wanted to launch their website and they thought everything had to be done on a specific day and a date and a time. And that was the, the big event. I've never done that. I, I kind of like to call it uh, when I start a website, squeezing a tube of toothpaste. It just kind of <laughs> comes out slow. And um, unless you're doing going to be doing a lot of advertising or, or, you know, unless you have some reason to make it happen at a certain date and time, you know, don't think I tell people don't think that you have to turn it on on a certain day. You know, turn it on on Monday, write your first post Monday night, second post, get some stuff in there. You know, you don't want to have a, a dead, empty blog, but it can be alive and Google can start to see it, uh, it you know, and, and get some stuff in there. Then go and start spreading the word and, you know, that, you know, so you don't want to start uh, advertising it or talking about it on social media until it's something worth seeing. But don't get hung up on the term launching it on a certain date. Just turn the damn thing on and start putting stuff in it. <laughs> Well, a big part of that, too, is that it's never going to be done. I mean, like Randy said, it's squeezing yeah. a tube because even three, four years later, there's still going to be tweaks that you're going to make. So I think right. that he's right. Yeah, I, I definitely think that a website or a blog is something that you're always tweaking and always changing, and there's always something new. And really, every year, year and a half to two years, you want to take a good, hard look at your colors and your your um, theme that you're using to make sure that you are current and you're not dating yourself that way. But for me and Mom Complicated, um, you know, so for when I launched Talking News Media, I did that. I just kind of like started and, you know, every time I ran into somebody, I'd be like, hey, I started a blog. Um, but, it, you know, with with Mom Complicated, um, I think it helped us kind of get in the mindset because we were being so aggressive with how much we were going to be posting um, and we really, really wanted to start showing up in search and start getting recognized by Google right away. We had a specific um, plan in mind where we were posting twice a day and we were using Google Plus and we were use, using all of our social media outlets. So we had set a date for a couple of months down the road where it was, you know, on January 1st, we're launching this thing come, you know, whether we're ready or not. So we're just going to do it. And so we, you know, we kicked open the door with very aggressive, you know, posting so that we would get that traffic that we wanted. We didn't want to wait a year for that kind of traffic. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I've heard a lot about the term pillar posts when you want to launch something. And I don't think either of you guys, Allison, have you heard about that term? Yes, yes. Okay, good, because Randy was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so they're just, you know, I've heard that you should at least start with seven posts so that you do have the opportunity for people to click around and get a good feel for what you're going to talk about, and that really is, um, you know, seven posts about what your blog is really going to be about. And so if you can't get through those seven posts before you launch, you might want to think about whether you want to have a blog or not. And then Allison had a, an excellent point when we were chatting about this earlier um, was about the editorial calendar. So Allison, if you want to tell everybody about that. Sure. Well, let me just explain a little bit more what pillar posts are. So pillar yeah. posts, like Nicole said, you have... You, you know, seven is kind of a nice magical number, but don't be beholden to that. Don't be like you have to have seven or you can only have seven. <laughs> but pillar posts are really, think of it as the foundation of what your blog or website is. They want, you want them to be evergreen is a term we throw around a lot. Evergreen means that they're not based on a passing fad, that in 
one year, two years, three years from now, that content is still going to be relevant and helpful to someone. Um, so your pillar posts usually try to be evergreen. They also try to be lengthy. Think of it as a tutorial. So if you were to sit down and say you have a business um, and you're opening a hair salon, maybe you want to sit down and do a pillar post all about how to find a hairstylist that fits, the questions you should ask. Something like that that's a little more in-depth, a tutorial that people can refer back to. In a pillar post, you also want to try to link to other resources that you identify as being in your niche. That kind of helps your SEO and also makes people understand what niche you're going for. So that's kind of what pillar posts really are. They're the essence of what your blog and your website are going to be. When we talk about an editorial calendar, an editorial calendar is building you for the year. Um, or however length of time you want to pick. If a year is overwhelming, go for one month, go for two months. And an editorial calendar is a sketch where you say, I'm going to talk about this on this day, this on this day, this on this day. By visualizing it in your editorial calendar, you can see themes. You can kind of direct the arc of your blog and give your reader some sense of what to expect and make sure you're addressing things. Sometimes we might get stuck on talking about the same thing over and over again because in our personal lives it seems really relevant, whereas that might not get you the most readers. Having an editorial calendar helps you really plan better to make sure that you're getting everybody you can. Right, and absolutely, I would point out, and Randy, don't worry, we're going to talk about the links and the SEO thing in just a second. Well, let me, um, let me jump in and throw in one thing real quick. Okay. Those are, what Allison just said, those are all great ideas. Uh, I've never done any of those uh, uh, for any of my websites. So don't think that, I mean, it, it's good if you do those and if it, if it helps you, but don't think that if you didn't do those, you just started your blog and you, you didn't do those, you, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to fail. It's just a great method, a great, you know, a way to help you think things through. On my very first website, I guess I sort of, I guess you could call it pillar posts. I set myself a goal to have 100 posts in 30 days and all around, um, all around what the, the website was about. So, you know, maybe, maybe those are pillar posts. I guess they are now that I think about it. I just never thought of it that way. Um, but I didn't not open the website until those were done. I just, you know, I turned it on. I started making them. Um, and I, I almost hit that goal. Was a, was a tough goal. That's amazing. Well, so the good news about when you start a blog or, you know, a hangout show or anything new is, you know, the good news is that nobody's watching you and the bad news is nobody's watching you. Um, right. Well, you know what? That, that's a good point because a lot of people think that they're going to start their blog and turn it on and the, it's just going to be like a wave or a flood, flash flood of people coming in. No, it's not like that. You turn it on and... Or when you're blogging, it's like you're talking to an empty room. You're, you're standing up in front of an empty room, and you, that's just normal. I'm going to interrupt for a second because that's, that's, I feel like that's more on a personal blogging level. But if you're a business and you already have an established reputation or an established audience, your mm -hmm. blog really does matter. So I'm thinking of somebody who might be watching, and she already has for herself a huge Facebook presence. She has a huge sense of who she is. She has people who follow her a lot already. You know, people actually might be tuned into her very first blog post. Okay, so that, that's a good point. That's a good point. She's already established. So it just kind of depends on where you are your journey, I think. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I'm always thinking of the little guy starting from nothing, and but you're right. So, um, but don't dis don't be discouraged. Was my point that if you don't get that flood right away, for most people, it's normal. 
Yeah, just on a side note, I'm just not sure. Somebody, if somebody that watches these can just put a compilation of all of the times that the camera's going to go to me while I'm trying to not laugh and I make that really, like, <laughs> yucky face, like, down the road, if someone could do that for me, that'd be great because I would really love to see that. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about SEO and links and linking in between because it's it's been brought up. And I know that there's going to be different um, schools of thought on this. So, Randy, why don't you go ahead and talk about, you know, should you, in your opinion, and again, all three of us do things differently, and I think that's why it's so great that, we, that we've come together to talk about this. Um, but right. why I don't do you link? Because I don't think you link really to anyone, do you? Um, nah. Okay. So when you say SEO, that's a, a big term and it means a lot of things um, and, and there's some foundations of uh, SEO that you know Google tells us about it's freely available uh, some basics that you know it takes that would make sense to learn or maybe pay somebody that you know or trust to, to help you with them um, so for linking uh, I'm very careful who I link to and I'm also uh, in, in the old days and a lot of old school SEO people told you to get as many incoming links as you could as quickly as you can and that's I don't think that's a good idea anymore I think a lot of people agree that's generally a bad idea uh, I always tell people especially and I'm thinking mostly of the little guy so not somebody with a big audience it may be different so we'll get Allison's perspective but I s tell them at the, at the beginning focus more on your content uh, and and getting a decent website for your visitors before you even worry about SEO. I've dealt with people that are all hung up on SEO and am I doing this, am I doing that right or whatever and I just tell them, you know what, <laughs> don't worry about that. Nobody, it's not going to matter if you don't have a website that's got anything that doesn't have your pillar posts or your, you know, good content in it. So, you know, it, 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 there's a lot to talk about with SEO and we'll probably have a lot of shows on just that. Yes, um, for the beginner, you know what, don't worry about it so much. I, I actually totally agree. I think that start writing your content. SEO is tricky. It's always changing. There are reasons why there are professionals who make their career out of SEO. It's really, it's a tricky industry. Uh, it's a tricky thing, and it doesn't always really help you either to focus on that. I think that if you start building content that is really important, if you start providing useful information, if you start networking with people in your market and industry and in your niche in a real meaningful way, you're going to start to build that SEO organically, which means like naturally, which is the best kind that you can get. Mm -hmm. I think that I like outgoing links because I think that there's a certain there are certain styles of blog posts that you can write. You know, you can do a tutorial, you can do a how-to, you can do a thought, you can do a free thinking, you can do a dreaming, you can do an achieving, you can do a goal setting, blah blah. But one of the big things that I like is I like providing people news where it's not just all me talking because I love hearing me talk but not everybody loves hearing me talk as much so I like providing like hey have you heard about this person or have you heard about that person Nicole I know you do a lot of that too and it's not for SEO it's not to get that that link hit it's because you're really trying to be a resource and pointing out people and cultivating and curating so if you're doing these outgoing links even in your pillar posts like I mentioned earlier do it because it makes sense don't do it because you think that the person that you're going to link to is going to say, awesome, I'm going to share your content, thanks for linking to me. 
we do it because it makes sense for what you're trying to write, what you're trying to say, and where you are in the market. Do it because it makes sense for the person that's reading it. Okay? Always, always write for your viewer or your reader first, always. Uh, and if you do that and you do it well, the rest will f almost all fall into place. Absolutely. So let's talk about, you know, we keep talking about your pillar posts and your posting and your schedules. Um, how long do you think a post should be? You know, there's a lot of schools of thought on this. Um, we, for the first 30 days, we did nothing under a thousand words. And we, and then now, if it makes sense, we'll stick to around 750, but really we don't, we try really hard not to go under that. Like if it's, you know, a resource post where we're just linking a whole bunch of places that you can buy stuff for your Easter basket, there's not a lot to go around that. Um, but we do try to stay between 750 and a, and a lot of that was just to condition ourselves to for that writing style and to be able to um, be more elaborate and just descriptive in our writing. So what do you guys think as far as the average blog post? Like what is the, the word count that people can be like, okay, I can wrap it up now? <laughs> right. Well, first, I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. Uh, it'll depend a lot on your readers. You know, uh, for my readers, a thousand words, 1,500 words is generally too long. Um, I like to try to keep my post between three and 700 words. I've got a few, depending on which website it is, it'll go up to 1,500, 2,000 words. I have, but it, so, and a lot of people will tell you, you know, the more the better, but that's not necessarily true. You know, again, if the people, if it's just too much to ingest and too much to read, that's not necessarily better. Uh, you know, maybe Google would like it better, but if your readers don't like it, that's not real helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I have one website that was a total failure, and I think the reason that it was a failure is because what it did and the way the posts were, they were only a sentence or two long. And, and that is not a good idea, strictly SEO-wise. So two sentences, I think, is too short. <laughs> 10,000 is probably too long. So just keep it somewhere between two and 10,000, depending on what's good for your readers, and I think you'll be okay. See, folks, I told you, he's super, super helpful really in his ways. <laughs> I'll well, say you know, we've been getting a lot of news in SEO, again, um, for search engines to really weight what you have going. A thousand words is kind of the magic number. For whatever reason, Google has decided that if you have a thousand words in your blog post, it's going to like you a little better. That's what we've been told. I, I don't know if that really makes a difference. I think that two sentences is too short because somebody's going to look at it, click on it, and say, well, why did I click on this? You know, there's two sentences here. I want some meat. I want some information. If you overwhelm them, though, they're not going to stick with you because who has time to read, you know, anywhere that many, that long? Um, I have found, actually, that rather than worry about word count, Worry about how you're formatting. And I think that when you make it easy to read, it doesn't matter quite as much what your word count is either way. If it's short and you have a lot of 
text that's bolded, that's short, snippy text that somebody's going to laugh at or get or really get a good quote from that, it doesn't matter if it's short. If it's long and you're listing or you're bulleting or you're giving them the highlights right away, so if somebody's a skim reader, they pop on for two seconds, they skim and they get the gist. If somebody wants to come back and refer to it for more in-depth information, they can save it, favorite it, come back to it later, and it gives them a second read. So I personally have found that in my blogging career, especially for businesses and companies, formatting matters more than trying to stick to a certain word count. That's interesting. And when you were talking about formatting, I'm making a um, public service announcement a public service announcement and plea. If you could please not use 12 pixels or 14 point uh, as your text on your website, that would be Fabulous. Um, what do you guys think? I think ours is set at like 18. I, 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 it could be 16, but I think it really is 18 or like even 20. When I started my first website, one of the main tenants, laws, was this is going to be easy to read because I hate those websites with the tiny, <laughs> like you said, with the tiny font, with ads jammed everywhere, and I have to sift through to figure out what's an ad and what's content. So most of my websites, I've always kept easy to read, large type, not very cluttered, because that's me as a reader, that's what I prefer. I'm, I'm sure that not everybody prefers that, but that's what I like. The people that I've talked to, that's what they like, and uh, that's what I do. So do you know, do you remember what your pixel or your point is, your font size? No, it's big, larger than average on most of my websites. I'm not a designer, and I'm totally opposite. I like my stuff small. I take my Kindle app, and I shrink it all to the smallest text. I want as much on the screen so I don't have to scroll as much. That's just me. But my designer for my website, who's very good, I trust a lot, she really said, you just can't do that. 16 is minimum in the industry now. 16 is the minimum. So we had a big a big to-do about that. But she's right. She won. I trust her. I think I think you guys are right. Is, was that Kelly Phillips? No, 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 Sandra. Okay. Sandra. Sandra. Well, Sandra, thank you for saving the rest of us. And <laughs> tiny point. And so from that, we want to talk about how often you should post. Because um, I know that this is something that people really kind of hang on to, and, and they really want to know, like, what is too little, what is too much? Um, and no one's allowed to say, you know, whatever you feel. You have to come up with something other than that. <laughs> you have to come up well, with an answer. I always tell people, you know, write whatever you feel. No, I, uh, <laughs> that's another one of those ones where there's no right and wrong. I always tell people to do as much as you can. I think that more is better than less, but I don't, I don't know... And Google has never told us, so anybody telling you here is the answer, unless it came from Google, uh, is, you know, they're just wishing or hoping or guessing. Um, I tend to say more is better. Um, on my most, or one of my very popular websites, I try to do at least one a day. Uh, I'll probably end up averaging six or seven a week. Uh, and that one does good. But I've done that on other websites and they completely failed. So it just, I go with more is better. What I tell people in personal blogging is aim for three a week. Uh, I, my biggest pet peeve in blogging is when people think that they have to do a, one post a week or one post a day, I'm sorry, 
one post a day, and then they end up throwing up content that is just not good content. It's written just, just to be written. Yeah, and just to so. be written, just to have something up, just to have new material up. That actually hurts you more than it helps you. You'd be better served to really put a lot of energy and thought and commitment and, and passion and belief into three posts a week and push those on the off days or share something on social media on the off days that you're not posting that's relevant but from somebody else or something like that. So. Once a day is a great goal if you're a business and you've got a team and you've got resources or if you think that you really can do it. You, you're really just that committed. You, you, you've started mapping out ideas and brainstorming about what you want to blog about and you just feel like you've got enough content to do a post a day. But I would say three a week is kind of a good starting point to get your rhythm, get going, get people understanding that you're regular, that you're here to stay without overtaxing yourself. And just don't put up stuff just to put up stuff. I definitely agree. I've told people even to start with two a week, and then if they're consistent with that for 90 days, then bump it up because we all know, you know, all of us, we overshoot all the time. But with that, whether you choose two, three, or five, definitely try to get a consistency with on on day one, I'm going to post about this topic. On day two, I'm going to post about this topic. Day three, this topic. Um, and that really just kind of challenges you to be consistent. And it then everyone knows what to expect on those days. Even if you don't, and you don't have to come out and say. Today is Taco Tip Tuesday. You know, like you don't have to do that. You just consistently post about that thing on that day. And don't feel like if you're shooting for your three a week or your seven a week or whatever, and you have a bad week and you suddenly you can't make any posts for a week or ten days, you know, it's not over. It's not doesn't mean you're going to drop out of Google and you know game over. Take you know, your ball, go home. No, yeah, it just, you know, you have a bad week or whatever, you don't get one or two out, fine, pick it back up the next week. It's it's not, you know, nothing happens overnight. Everything on the Internet and with Google is, is very slow and uh, doesn't take effect right away. So if you miss a week, you know, don't uh, don't think you're a failure. And I have, to, I have to put in a personal note for people who are doing personal blogging who are moms, exactly what Randy said. Don't get hung up on that because guess what? Summer's coming. And I can't tell you how many mom bloggers I know whose kids are on summer vacation who every summer is the same drill. I'm going to lose my audience. I'm going to lose my readers. It's going to be all over. I'm not going to be able to post as much. People are flexible and just, you know, don't stress about it too much. Just remain true to your voice. Put up good content when you can, and things will will come. Yeah, and I, I – oh, no, no, Let me I'm throw talking, something in there. I'm right. talking. I'm talking. So <laughs> – um, so two things that I've realized and learned from having such an aggressive posting schedule and then having real life happen is you have, you know, you have things hopefully that you've planned out that you wanted to talk about. Write those posts. Also, when you get a creative spurt, go ahead and write those posts, but schedule them out. Keep them in your back pocket for when you can't post. And also, if you know the summer's coming up, Gather your posts together and do my five favorite cleaning posts, my four favorite shopping posts. Like just repurpose that content because people haven't, there are going to be some people that haven't seen it and then there are going to be some people that say, oh yeah, I totally love that post too and they're going to share it. And now that Pinterest is here, there's a whole different opportunity with pinning it. So just don't, when you do fall back or you have that creative spurt, remember that there are going to be times where you're going to be really happy that you have those blog posts in the back of your pocket. 
And then go ahead, Randy, really quick, and then we're going to have to wrap it up. All right. I was just going to say really quick along the lines of um, uh, readership, you know, those people that come to your blog and continue to come back, those same people that come back and then being afraid to lose them. I've never actually targeted that same repeat base of viewers. I've always targeted the one-time flyby through Google, um, which has worked for me. Um, it would be better if I if those people came back. But uh, I was just going to say something along the lines of, you know, don't kind of like what Allison said. If you have a bad summer or a bad week, you know, it's, it's not like they're all going to run off and disappear. You you will still hopefully always have people coming in, flybys from from Google, just looking for whatever it is you're writing about. Okay, I do have a question from Jessica Hip, and she's asking, is the topic a day a good tip for social media as well? I'm sorry, demeaning, like, assuming that she means focusing on a topic every day in your social media. So, for example, if you were to do Taco Tips Tuesday, that would then translate to your social media as well. I'm assuming yeah, so that would not an answer. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think because she doesn't have a blog yet. So, Jessica, when you are writing a blog post, you're going to push that out on social media, so you're going to naturally be talking about that on social media as well. So I think that might answer the question. If you if it doesn't, go ahead and and and, and comment below, and then we'll we'll address it. Um, but tell me what's going on, Allison. I know that you have a blogging class coming up. Oh, yeah. So I am going to present to some folks in Raleigh, particularly mom business owners, about how to create content for your business, um, meaning that, you know, you need to blog for your business, but a lot of people are business-oriented, and they say, I just can't come up with things to write about. I don't know what I could blog about. What can I possibly say, especially if I'm going to try to post every day of the week? So I'm going to do a two-hour class all about um, ideas that you how to come up with ideas tools that are out there to come up with some good ideas for that so and what day is that oh god it's on okay, my phone my it's on my calendar <laughs> we'll put the link down in the event and you can also go to vendraleigh.com slash events and go ahead and sign up there. It is a steal of a deal. It's like $5 or $15 to go. And Allison knows her stuff, and she's going to set you up really well. So I just want to, you know, as, as the, the great me of us would say, pimp her out because <laughs> people need to go to this class. I was like, what? This is awesome. So, um, and hey, Mia, I was uh, complaining to Mia earlier about uh, <laughs> my, my lack of soda 30 minutes before a show. Um, so thanks for stopping by. And then Randy, why don't you tell me what's going on with you? Uh, same old thing that I'm always doing. Uh, if uh, you need help uh, getting your new website or blog online or need help fixing a broken blog or doing something like getting Ad AdSense up and running on your blog, you can find me at iHelpers.net or on Twitter at iHelpers, at iHelpersLLC. Of course, uh, Randy Brown right here in uh, Google+. I'm always here to help. So um, Randy would be talking about the fact that I'm trying to get AdSense on momcomplicated.com, and it's not I, always easy. Apparently, it's like the easiest thing in the world except for me. So I have been. So this is like Randy's an excellent person to have on retainer because then you can just 
talk to him and drive him nuts all day and be like, that didn't work. This didn't work. Can I screen share with you? When do you have time available? Help. I don't understand. What, where do the, where do the ads go? You know, <laughs> so you could do that. It's totally worth the money. <laughs> but thank you very much for everyone uh, stopping by this week. And next week we're going to delve um, deeper into editorial calendars, SEO, social media. Do you need fancy widgy widgets and all sorts of things and bells and whistles? Or should you just buckle down and post some good content? So thanks for visiting us, and we'll see you next week. Friends, thanks for being a part of this podcast. We appreciate each and every single one of you. Let's take some call-ins. Hello, NC Blogger. Thank you so much for favoriting my channel. I am so excited to connect with you. You know, my cousin is from North Carolina, and she is huge in the blogging community. You may know her, Kim Anderson. She's got the little group that's um, not just, or just keep blogging, I believe it is. And she's done the book, um, oh, I'm going to forget that, Live, Live, Love, Spin, Repeat. I'm going to, I'm probably butchering this, but anyway, uh, she's actually the reason why I started blogging. She was able to pay off her mortgage in two years just by blogging and has been such an inspiration to me. And I want to say like six months ago, she called me and was telling me about all her achievements and I'm so proud of her. I'm like her biggest fan. And she was like, Sheena, you are such a good writer. I remember all your stories back when we were kids. She was like, why are you not blogging? And I was like, yeah, why am I not blogging? Sheena Diane, that is crazy. What a small world. I do know your cousin. In fact, um, we were at a conference together very recently. Uh, I want to say it was October-ish in Charlotte at Great Wolf Lodge. And it was it was a great time. And she's awesome, as are you. I just can't believe... <laughs> It's just so funny how the world works, right? It's so funny how the universe puts people in our paths. It's wild. But I am so glad to have met you here on Anchor. I look forward to getting to know you and talking all things blogging and then some. And I am so glad that you are here tuning in. And I'm happy to answer any questions. And you know what? I think there might be a collaboration in our future. All right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Hey there, it's Sheena Diane from A Work at Home Mom. And I just wanted to thank you for favoriting my personal channel, which is Sheena Diane. And I also wanted to favor you on this channel because this one is all about work at home stuff, blogging stuff, and kind of where I'm putting all of that information. But I do actually have a question for you. So as you know, I'm a blogger. My blog is SheenaDiane.com. And I'm actually getting a lot of momentum on my blog. I'm really excited. Currently at this particular second, my blog stats are 1,213 hits, which is amazing. And it keeps growing every day. I'm so excited. So my question is, I really want to start getting that monetized so that when people come to my page, I can start getting paid for all of those people. Um, every day I'm getting within 30 to 80 people visiting my blog, depending. And I would love to see some feedback and some money from that traffic, if that makes sense. So could you help me with monetizing? Thanks so much. Hey, work at home mom, aka Sheena. My pleasure favoriting your personal station and thank you for favoriting mine. Life in the danger zone, I sincerely appreciate it. 
I would love to help you with regard to monetizing your blog and really getting a great income coming in from your website. And I think you're on the right track already because you're putting out fresh content on a regular basis. You've got a podcast, you're driving people to your website. But what I would say to you most definitely is not to focus too strongly on affiliate links. Um, I would say, I'm not saying that you shouldn't use affiliate links. I'm just saying that that is really not a form uh, like people sometimes think of passive income. You know, when you have affiliates, you really have to work very, very, very hard at pushing those affiliates. So if you want to monetize your blog, I would say, number one, learn your what your niche is. And clearly it's work at home moms. And to start considering creating a product around that, maybe a white paper or an ebook or a quick checklist or a list of resources, some sort of a product that you can create that is going to help your target market, something that is going to solve a problem for them. So definitely think about creating a product or creating a service, right? Maybe you could be doing consulting. The other thing that I would say is if you do not at the moment work with brands, definitely do two things. One, find a blogging community where you can work with brands and two, find the brands that you want to work with directly so that you can pitch them. Now, when you work with a network, for example, the North Carolina Blogger Network, brands come to us and we connect the brands with the bloggers and it's kind of easy peasy lemon squeezy. But you should also consider working with the brands that fit your niche directly. And if you're not familiar with how to do that, then I have to absolutely recommend uh, this one particular course. I'm going to put a link to it here in the comments section, Pitch Perfect Pro. It's going to be opening up very soon. My good friend Jenny Melrose runs this. She's amazing. I'm going to drop our link, our affiliate link, in the comment section. If you decide to sign up for it, we will get a small percentage. None of the fees have been increased to pay us. It's just that we are working with her to help her promote her brand. And I have to say, I've actually taken the course. It is amazing. Some of the folks in the North Carolina Blogger Network have also signed up to take it and they are finding it amazing as well. And you will see almost instantaneous results because really Jenny is a former instructor and she has really broken it down step by step to teach people exactly what they need to know to market themselves so that they can pitch 
and work with the brands that they know and love without feeling like a sellout. So that is just a couple of my recommendations. Definitely keep listening. Definitely keep asking questions. We're going to have Jenny on the show very, very soon. She's going to, like I said, be reopening her class Pitch Perfect Pro coming in February. And you are definitely not going to want to miss that. Great chatting with you. Keep those questions coming. Let's keep supporting each other. And I look forward to talking to you again. That's a wrap for today's episode of Eat, Sleep, Blog, Repeat. We'll have this podcast up on the blog at ncbloggernetwork.com. Be sure to swing by and add your thoughts and comments to the blog post or call in here to the show. We'd love to hear from you.